it's uh, great to be with you this morning. We are in our, our last week of our Joy Unspeakable series and kind of pulling it all together into a close uh, here on, on Pentecost Sunday. And, uh, and I want to just read to you, if you're just joining us, this series, we've been looking at this whole idea of joy. And in 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 8, Peter's writing to these early believers, and he's just saying, here's some of what I see in you. He says, you know, though you have not seen him, though you have not seen Christ, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him, and you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, or a joy unspeakable. These verses, they speak of, of, of what it's like to live a life where there's this incredible just love for Christ in your heart. And then this incredible and unexpressible, uh, unspeakable joy that follows with that. And so this series is about saying, you know, where do we find that kind of joy? That We can only find that kind of joy in Christ and through the work of the Spirit in our lives. You know, I, uh, uh, I remember being in a, a doctor's office a couple years back and reading a National Geographic. I, I don't remember what it was, but I remember there was National Geographic. That's about the only time I read National Geographic. And um, do, do we have any coffee drinkers here? Any uh, coffee drinkers? Yep. It's good. You can tell that there's like coffee drinkers like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And then there's like, I am a coffee drinker, but I haven't had coffee. And they're like this. And um, uh, But I remember reading, I'm a coffee drinker. And so on the cover of this National Geographic was, it was about coffee. Um, and, uh, and so I, I started reading it, opened up. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. It was all about coffee. And one of them in particular is about how coffee affects your brain, and particularly the caffeine in the coffee, how it affects your brain. And so they had this sheet, that one page, I always remember looking at it, and it had uh, three different brain scans. So the first was a, like a brain scan of a normal operating functioning uh, brain. And so it's like a picture, and it's kind of blue, and then there's red all over it. And it's then the red... I'm like, okay, what's that? The red is brain activity. So the, all that red showing, you, yep, this brain is working. It's firing. It's going. It's operating the way it should. Then the second picture was of a coffee drinker, uh, their brain. And, and so it was showing there's red all over, and it's firing. And I can't remember if it had a little bit more red than the first one. I'll, I'll say that it did because I'm a coffee drinker. So it, um, so it was like, yeah, this brain's firing. It's working. And then the third picture was just kind of a blue brain scan, but it was like blank. Like, where's all the red? You know, what's the activity? Okay, so I'm like, what is this picture? Oh, this is a coffee drinker's brain with no coffee. And it was always, I saw that picture, and I thought, this explains so much about my life. Like, I'm a coffee drinker, and I don't have it in the morning, and I'm like, okay, so that's what's happening. My brain is like that one with no activity, nothing's. Firing. I don't know, but like I'm just in the morning if I haven't had coffee. I, it's just like everything feels a little bit harder than it should to me. It's just like I know I'm supposed to just pack this bag, but I can't figure out how all this will fit in this bag. You know, like this shouldn't be so hard. Sometimes I'm like wandering around our house and, you know, my wife Lisa will be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I should be doing something. I'm not sure what. And um, it should be like, you haven't had coffee, have you? No, no, I haven't. And like very much that kind of instant human ad coffee thing. And, um, but I don't know if you know that feeling, what it's like when you're just like this, whatever this is, it seems harder than it should. It feels like, I don't know why, but for some reason, it's just kind of harder than it should be. And the thing that we see about what it's like to, to have a joy unspeakable 
what it's like to have this kind of love for Christ that is something that, you know, that people would say about, you know what they're like? They just, they love Christ, you know, and they're, they're filled with joy. Sometimes those things feel like kind of harder than they should, don't they? Sometimes coming to, to church, it feels like, oh, I know this should be good or I should want to, but it just feels a little harder than it should to sort of engage or to sing or just sort of like, well, I'll go, I'll go through the mo-. And here's the thing. Everything in the Christian life will feel a little harder than it should when we are not accessing and operating out of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's just the bottom line. We can talk about all kinds of things and how we have joy, but the bottom line is we only know the kind of joy those believers knew when we were actually living out of and and operating out of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because Christ has actually called us to a life that is not possible in just our own strength. And so the more we ever try to just do it on our own, It'll always feel a little bit harder than it should. Today is is Pentecost Sunday. It's a day we are just celebrating the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to kind of pull this together. Fundamentally, the only reason, the only way we can know this kind of joy is when we know the work uh, more and more, in an ever-increasing way, the work of the Spirit in our lives. And so we're going to look today at... And what it was like that first time God poured out his spirit in a profound way. We call it Pentecost Sunday on those first believers. We're going to dive in the book of Acts chapter 2. And we're just going to look at that moment. We're going to look at all the wonderful things we see about the gift of the Holy Spirit just out of this this one little narrative. And we're going to see how that can make a difference in our own lives. Acts chapter 2 says this, when the day of Pentecost came, now, Pentecost was a festival, a Jewish festival, and it celebrated a harvest. It lasted for seven weeks. And so at the very end of it, it, they get to the day of Pentecost, and it's on that day, all these believers, followers of Christ, that Jesus has said, wait, wait, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift my Father promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to wait there. And they're all together. They're spending time together. They're praying. They're gathered, not uh, unlike what we're doing today. They're all gathered in one place. And it says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Some of you think my voice sounds a little violent this morning. It, it does. You're not imagining things. Also, this isn't coffee, if you're wondering. It's, uh, it's actually some lovely uh, lemon honey water. But um, you're like, yeah, get that coffee in you. We don't want this to be harder than it should. And um, so anyway, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. This is the power of God, the spirit of God. It comes from heaven and fills the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit enabled them. You know, that word enabled is such a key one. Just as we see right here in the beginning, the Spirit enabled, empowered, enabled them to do things they couldn't have done on their own. It, without, there's so much of the, the all, everything of the Christian life. It's only possible as the Spirit enables us to do it. 
And here was the thing that was happening is that they were now staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. So because it's a big festival, they'd come from all these different places for this festival. And they hear this sound. They hear the rushing wind. They come together in bewilderment. They can't believe what's going on here, what's happening. Because each one is hearing. They've been enabled to speak in other languages. And it says they are each hearing their own language being spoken. So utterly amazed. They asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us is hearing them in our own native language? Perthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews, converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Like all these different people, all these different languages. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So they are amazed and perplexed, and they asked one another, what does this mean? And some, however, made fun of them and said, look, they just had too much wine. Verse 14, so then Peter stood up with the 11. Here's one of these amazing moments. You can see this is the spirit of God at work. Peter stood up with the 11. He raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd. Now, here's the amazing thing. Peter is about to preach what's often called the first uh, sermon uh, because this is after Christ is risen and, you know, they've been waiting. Now the power has come. For a moment, just imagine what's actually happening right here. Peter, who, you know, only weeks before was too afraid to declare that he knew Christ even to a, you know, to a, to a young uh, servant girl, is now standing up with the 11. He's raising his voice and he's going to proclaim Christ. One of the Things that always happens when the Spirit comes. One of the things he enables us to do is to be bold in witnessing for Christ. It's what we see happening in Peter. He says, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Let me tell you what's going on. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He says that, and he, and he goes on to quote this Old Testament prophecy. He says, in the last days, this is what God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to pour it out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, in those, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood, fire, billows of smoke, the sun be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. There's a coming day when God will bring all human history to an end and reveal himself as the true God, the great day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now here is this incredible, bewildering, perplexing, amazing moment at that first Pentecost. When God is just pouring out his spirit. And as we look at it today, you know, we don't celebrate it because we only think of what happened back then. We celebrate this as well because we know this is what God is still in the business of doing. He pours his spirit out on his followers. Every one of us who has come to Christ, when we turn from our sin and turn to Christ, it was the work of his spirit within us and we're given his spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. And God delights to just continue to grow and inflame our hearts with his spirit to enable us to live the life he calls. I want us to see a, a few things about, there's so much that could be said literally. I mean, we could do, you know, weeks and weeks on just these verses. But there's a few things I just want to 
highlight for us as we celebrate the gift of God's Spirit today. You know, in these verses, God's Spirit poured out in this incredible way, this way that draws attention, that's bewildering, that's perplexing, these tongues of fire that come across all these people. What, what we see is that this is the greatest gift that God can give us, is the gift of his Holy Spirit. Jesus had said to his followers, I want you to wait. Wait for the gift that, my, that I promised you. Wait for the gift my father promised you. I'm gonna, I'm, wait, don't go anywhere. I know you want to, like, everything is exciting that's happened with Jesus. He's risen from the dead. He's like, I know you guys go around and leave and get right on with it, but wait where you are for the gift you've been promised. This is a gift from God, and it's the, the gift of his, of his Holy Spirit. The greatest gift God can give us is the gift of his presence with us. You know, Jesus' followers, when they were with Jesus, and he was beginning to tell them that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the cross, and, and he's trying to help them understand He's like, I'm going away. And they're like, don't leave us. Don't go away from us. And Jesus is like, trust me. It's for your benefit. It's to your advantage if I go. Because if I go, I'm going to send the counselor, the advocate, the comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. It's Jesus telling the greatest thing I can give you is actually my Holy Spirit. Even better than me being next to you. It's the gift of my spirit inside you. You know, on Pentecost Sunday, we just remember this is the greatest of all gifts that God can give us. There's so many things we think we could ask God for or want from God. If I would have joy if this or that might happen or if I just had this or that or if this situation or that situation was changed, God, then I could have joy. But these verses remind us the greatest gift he can give us is the gift of his Holy Spirit, the gift of himself, the gift of his presence. And, it, and we're told it's like these tongues of fire that they're getting to see that are over each one and it's one of the incredible pictures of the Holy Spirit is often this, you know, this, this picture of a flame, a fire. It, it's the empowering force. Uh, the Spirit is not a force. He's a person. But his presence, it empowers us to live the life that Christ calls us to. How many people, do we have anybody uh, catch the royal wedding last night? Anybody catch that? A couple here and there? A couple people like, okay, I don't know. Am I going to be in trouble if I did? So I know a lot of people had these watch parties I heard where you kind of get together and people wanted to see the dress. That's a big thing. Did anybody, was anybody excited to see the dress? Yeah, now you're in trouble. And I'm um, not just joking, just joking, just the blokes. Uh, I'm not just kidding. And, um, but, you know, people, I, I wasn't so interested in the dress, but I did end up watching it. And I, I'm a pastor and a preacher, so, but I had gathered a, a few other friends who were uh, preachers and, and pastors, and we were going to have a watch party to watch the preaching. And um, because we, I'm just kidding, that's not a thing, and we, we didn't do that. But it might be a thing in the future if you saw it. There was this guy, the, uh, this African-American preacher who was, was just going for it. It was amazing. He kind of, he caught fire, and um, it was awesome. And uh, just talking about love. But one of the things he talked about towards the end was the whole idea of fire. And he talked about this particular kind of Jesuit priest who had, along with, you know, many others would have said this as well. Just talking about how fire is the great, one of the greatest discoveries and sort of empowering forces of human civilization. You know, fire, when you think about all the ways it has been necessary to create human civilization as we know it today, it's, it's possibly the most important discovery in learning to harness it, the most important discovery of all. 
you know, without fire, we, you know, fire allowed us to learn to cook in, you know, sanitary ways. So disease stopped spreading. Fire uh, allowed us to start cooking meat, which, praise the Lord, is what, uh, you know, makes so many things wonderful in life. Fire, without fire, we couldn't have learned to manipulate, you know, metals and glass and all the things that ultimately continued to give rise to human civilization and culture. It allowed us to move and migrate to colder climates. I'm not sure that was a good development, but fire... It is like this force that empowers so much. If you came in a car today, you got here because there was fire used in that engine. It just, it propelled. Now, here's the, the, the thing, and he was talking about love last night, if you heard that. But the, the thing is, you think about this gift of the Holy Spirit, this flame. We have to realize that this, just like if there's no fire, there's no spark in your car, it's going nowhere. With the, the work of the Spirit in our lives, it is the empowering uh, capacity to live the Christian life. The only way we can have a deep love for Christ in our own kind of human fallen selves, we just, we don't love Christ. We're self-centered and sinful. But when we come to Christ and turn from that and he gives us his Holy Spirit, he empowers our heart to now love God, to worship him. And if we ever are finding, you know what, that's more difficult than it feels like it should be, it's often because what we're in need of most is not to keep trying harder, but to say, Lord, I need more of the work of your spirit in my life. I need more of the, the empowerment of your Holy Spirit in my heart. And I'm willing to, to wait for it. Do you know what we see as well? That this great gift, it's found, and we talked a little bit about this throughout the series, through waiting and not working. That we find ourselves feeling like a life of fallen Christ is harder than it should be. The goal is not always to try and now just do harder and do more. But we should be awaiting people just like these believers were. You know, they received in this moment this incredible outpouring of the Spirit onto their lives when, as they were waiting, as they were gathered together, Jesus had told them, don't go anywhere. Wait. Wait for it. They were awaiting people. And when we find ourselves going, Lord, I, I, I just, I know I need more of you and more of your work in my life. The best thing we can do is to say, Lord, I'm going to wait for it. Even if I feel like it's slow and come and I'm waiting on you for more. More of your spirit, more of your work in my life. Lord, I want to love you more. I want to know a joy more that doesn't come from my situation or my life, but from you. Lord, I want more of you, and I'm going to wait for it. You know, waiting always holds in it, in this sense, a sense of expectancy. You know, you wait for something. Why did these guys all wait for this gift Jesus had promised, because Jesus said, it's coming. And so they're like, we're waiting until it does. They expected something was going to happen. Do you know, to be a, a people like these early believers, we, we must be an expectant kind of people. Do you know, when we gather on Sundays here, one of the most important things we can do is to gather with expectancy in our hearts. You know, we can always come here one of two ways, like I'm doing it because it's my thing or it's my habit, it's my routine, and there's something good about making it a habit and a routine, but it's easy to come and just go through motions, and it's an entirely other thing altogether to go, I'm coming expectant that I'm going to meet with God today. I'm gathering with other believers. That's why we gather here. We gather to worship God. We gather to celebrate him. And we gather knowing, look, and I'm expectant that as I do that, there are things that God still wants to do in my life. There's more he wants to say to me, more he wants to do in me. And I'm not just coming and singing to the air. I'm expecting I'm going to meet with God in this place. 
Expectancy is so huge. Knowing, you know, the more of the work of the Spirit in our lives is waiting with expectancy is huge. When you get up in the morning to read your Bible or to pray, do you go to that going, I'm going to do this so I can get on to the next thing in my day? Or do you expect that in that moment you're actually going to meet with the living God? Expectancy is so huge. We want to know more of the Spirit's work in our life. And what I love as well out of this story and the pouring out of the Spirit this first time is that we're reminded as well that the greatest gift that comes from waiting, not from working, and it's for everyone. This incredibly beautiful picture that it's for everyone. Peter is going to say to all these crowds, you guys got to know, if you think this is, he says, I'm going to quote this prophecy from Joel, and God was saying, someday I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all people, men, women, young, old, in the Old Testament, the Spirit would usually come on people for a certain people, certain places, certain times, usually for certain occasions. The great news of Pentecost is that God's Spirit is poured out on everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. You know, the Spirit is not for some people somewhere, some places. If you sit there and say, you know, oh, I know some people that are kind of Spirit people, but I don't know, I guess that's just, no, that's not true. With this, this story, the prophecy from Joel, every one of us is called to walk in the fullness and the empowerment of the Spirit. And the great thing as well is that it brings joy like nothing else can. You know, he tells this, uh, this word from Joel, and he says, so here's, you know, God says, in those days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit. Young men, young women, going to dream dreams, going to have visions, going to prophesy the Spirit is going to pour out new vision and new dreams and new understanding into our lives. I love that it, one of the things that's highlighted here is that they will prophesy. Do you know one of the reasons that the Spirit brings such joy into our lives is because when the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, we are actually experiencing the life of heaven break into our lives. We're experiencing the life of heaven breaking into our world. C.S. Lewis had a famous quote. He said, the serious business of heaven is joy. It's his way of saying, you know, in heaven, we don't know exactly what he said. I know what this is. This, the, the serious business could be joy. We know joy is like what the life of heaven is. And when the spirit of God is breaking into our lives, it's like the life of heaven and the joy of heaven is breaking into our lives. He says we're going to prophesy. You know what prophecy is? It's, you might feel like that's for some people, but not for me. But for every person who's a follower of Christ and and given his spirit, you're, you're given the ability and capacity to prophesy. Because you know what that is? It's just to hear from God and to share those words. And when you share the words of heaven and God's word in someone's life, it's incredibly joy-giving. It's life-giving. This year, at the beginning of the year, we had a, a weekend conference called Renewal. And, uh, and one of the things we did was just around prophecy and, and, and just creating space so people could spend some time just listening to God and sharing it with one another. Because it, it sometimes probably feel like this big scary word or this big official word or something. But it's just about saying, Spirit, what are you saying? And do you have something you might want to say through me to someone else? And so we had people get in groups of two or three. And we just said, just listen and see what God might say to you. And, uh, and get with people you don't know so that you're not tempted to kind of say something you think they need to hear <laughs> or just what you imagine they say. Just listen. And what was amazing was over, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, how much the Spirit of God said through different people to one another. Just because we are waiting in expectancy for 10 or 15 minutes. 
But one of my favorites of all was this one uh, group of ladies in particular. And there was a group of a few who didn't know each other. And they were listening for this one lady. And she is a, a senior lady who comes here to this church. <clears throat> and this lady was like, look, I, I know this is really weird. But I feel like, I, you know, praying, listening. Look, for some reason, I don't know why. I just have this word. And I have the word duck is, is kind of coming to me. Just a, a duck. And, um, and she ducked in just the nick of time. And um, so the lady ducked. I'm just kidding. That's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was just kind of um, came to me. And um, it wasn't that kind of duck. It wasn't that kind of duck. Said duck. And, and you know, it's like it, it's a sense she's obviously got that somehow the spirit of God is saying duck. And she's like, I don't know if that means anything. And so the lady she was saying it to said, oh, it's, I, you know, I can't believe, you know, that's, that's what you heard. And, and went on to share this story. She said, you know, just a couple weeks ago, my husband and I, we were at a, a couple's uh, conference event, the one that we had ran here in the beginning of the year. And one of the things we felt God saying to us as a couple coming out of that was, you need to have more fun in your lives. And they were like, uh, you know what, we're going to take that seriously and feel like we should have more fun. Now the husband one day uh, was out at the shops and there was a group that was taking donations for something or other. And so he went over and he made a donation. And they were like, okay, hey, thanks for donation. Here is a, a little kind of toy gift you could take with you. And the little thing was, a duck. And so he said, here, you can have this duck. And he's sort of like, you know, I would normally just say, you know, like, I'll keep it. And they thought, no, I'm going to take it. I'm supposed to have more fun. I'm going to take this duck. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to sit it where we can see it. And that's going to remind us to have more fun. Now, fast forward to a night of praying and saying, we're going to listen and see what God would want to say to you. Imagine what it would have felt like to hear this lady go, I'm just hearing duck. <laughs> Imagine what it would feel like to know God is that intimately concerned with the details of your life. We hear the word prophecy and we think, oh, this and that. Do you know God is intimately concerned with the very details of your life. And sometimes he loves to just affirm to you, you know what? You're going in the right direction. Imagine how much joy that would bring to know, yes, God does want us to have more fun. He does want us to have more joy. It's the power of what it's like to hear from God and to share it with one another. And it actually empowers us to live a life that's not possible just in our own human strength. There is just so much joy that comes when we begin to allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives more and more and more. He says they'll have visions and dreams. You know, one of the great challenges to having joy in our lives so often is we have the same dreams and visions for life as as often the rest of the world does without the spirit of God we can end up chasing all the same things they do and guess what those things are never going to produce joy one of the greatest things we all need is to say spirit of God give me your dream for my life give me your vision for my life because that's where joy is found it's not found pursuing the same Dreams we would have had even if we didn't know Christ and then hoping God will bless that. It's found in going, God, what's your dream for my life? What's your vision for my life? And there's great joy in living into that. You know, Pentecost Sunday, it just reminds, this, this is the life you and I are invited into. 
And Peter goes on to make it so clear. This is life that is opened up and available to every person everywhere who will turn and put their faith in Christ. Believe that he is the son of God given for us. And as we do that, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift of all. And the Spirit empowers and enables us to live a life we couldn't imagine otherwise. And my hope and my prayer for you, for me, for our church today, is that each one of us would know in an ever-increasing way more and more of the work of the Spirit in our lives. That we would allow Him to fan the flame that is there. Sometimes it may feel like it's only just flickering, but that we would allow Him to fan that into us greater and deeper and richer fire. And today I'd love to just pray for us. Pray that God might release more of the work of his spirit in our lives as we celebrate the gift of his very presence, his Holy Spirit among us. Would you stand up with me for a moment? And I'm going to pray for us. And I'm just going to pray in particular, that God would just inflame our hearts, that he would make us into a people who hunger and thirst for more of his spirit, that he would release more of his work in our lives, that we would grow in greater sensitivity to what the spirit wants to do in our lives. And if you want to join me in that prayer, I encourage you just to open your hands where you are. We'll bow our heads. And opening your hands, just a way of saying, Lord, this isn't me trying harder, doing more. It's me asking and saying I'm open to more of you. My hands and heart are open for more of your spirit in my life. Lord, this morning, we celebrate and are so grateful for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We just declare it's the greatest gift of all. Lord, our heart's desire today with open hands is to say, Lord, we want to know more of the work of your spirit in our lives. We want you to fill us up in fresh ways. We want you to pour out more of yourself into our lives. Lord, at times, it can be so easy for us to crowd out the work of your spirit. times, Lord, we quench and grieve your spirit and we ask your forgiveness. This morning we ask that you would come in a fresh way. Fill us up. Lord, increase our hunger and thirst. Make us a people who hunger and thirst after more of you in our lives. Lord, I pray that even in some, some of us around this room today who need fresh vision for life. Lord, would you begin to pour out dreams and vision in fresh ways. Give us a sense of what you envision for us. Lord, for others who need to know a stronger sense of your love in their life, Lord, we know that your spirit, it, it assures us that we are your children. It pours the love of Christ into us. Lord, I pray that there might be some here today who would know an increased sense of your love in their life.
Lord, I pray you would give each of us greater sensitivity to what you would want to say and what you would want to do in us and through us. And Lord, I pray over your church as we gather here today. And I pray that you would just pour more of your spirit out on us as your body. And I pray that you would give us an inflamed heart for worship, a love for Christ, a delight in worship, boldness in our witness, joy that overflows. Because of the work of your Holy Spirit. So we thank you, Lord. And we pray with great expectancy. Know you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. May these things be fulfilled in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen.